This is Rachel Antro, who plays Commander Non on Star Trek Discovery. You're listening to Spoiler Country. People of Earth, it's time to enter the spoilerverse via our secret portal of the exclusive Arctic Club in beautiful downtown Seattle with our hosts John and Kenrick and Jeff. Welcome to Spoiler Country. Hey, if you're listening to our show for the first time and you're on one of the social medias that we're on, like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, any of those kinds of things, you should always check us out on spoilerverse.com. But if you want to keep up with our latest episodes, you should bring out your smartphone, get into your favorite podcatcher, find Spoiler Country, and hit subscribe. Then you'll get all our new stuff. And if you want to reach out to us, you can do that in two ways. You can call us and leave us a voicemail at 707-656-2080. Again, 707-656-2080. Or you can shoot us an email at spoilercountry at gmail.com. United Armies of the Spoilerverse, welcome back to Spoiler Country. I'm Kenneth Regan. Mr. Horsley is off today. And today on the show, well, it's Rachel and Cheryl, isn't it? And you know her from NBC's uh, Nurses and Star Trek Discovery and Mary Kills People and more. And she's an actress, an actor, a director. And she came by and, and, and talked with our Jeff. So, this promises to be a lot of fun. So why don't you sit back and enjoy Rachel and Cheryl in her own words. country today on the show we have a very special guest ms rachel antrell how's it going rachel it's going great how are you doing oh i'm doing very well are you how are things in the in the new reality that we're living in currently you know trying to embrace the silver linings you know trying to embrace this this time at home thinking of it as you know, an excuse to be lazy one day and just read a book on the sofa instead of, you know, oh, I should be doing this. I should be doing that. I mean, I'm, I'm trying. I don't know if it's working. But. <laughs> well, and, you know, when, as I do these interviews, I always do some research on the guests. And one of the coolest things I found out about you is that you're a, you, you describe yourself as a book hoarder. And as someone who is also a book hoarder, I find that absolutely fantastic. But what books do you read? What kind of you know, particular types, genres? Are there, you know, used books, new books? What, what, what are you hoarding? All of them. All <laughs> of them. I have first edition prints of certain books that I absolutely adore. I have brand new books. I have books I got at garage sales. I have nonfiction. I have fiction. I, I'm essentially a, my own library. So if you need anything, <laughs> you just let me know. That is awesome. <laughs> I, I, I do collect used books as well. It's around where I live in Rhode Island, there's not a lot of used bookstores, but when I do find one, I always, you know, um, ransack it yes. as much as I can. So out of curiosity, as someone who's also an English teacher, a uh, high school oh. English teacher, what first edition books do you have? 
Okay, I have the well. I I, I want to be all like, well, I have a first edition of Shakespeare's <laughs> Macbeth, but I, I really, I, I'm onto this story right now that I actually want to turn into something, and okay. so I purchased when I'm finished it. This has been a love project for five years. So when I'm oh, finished wow. it, I promise you, I will tell you and I will show you my my first edition books is that all right. fair all right i'm gonna hold you to that though it, it's a deal i promise you scout's honor <laughs> <laughs> so what do you attribute uh, attribute your love of books to well i grew up in the country i mean i was born in sort of a not so lovable area of toronto and my mom said nope that's it we're moving to the country which was amazing but that's a lot of time alone and it's uh long drives to school and and back and so there was a lot of time to kill. So that was filled with reading books. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. And so I also um, read as well that not only are you a book hoarder, but you're also an avid illustrator. So what kind of art are you, or do you work on? Okay. So here's a, a funny little backstory about me. Sure. I went, I applied for an arts high school when I was younger and I tried everything I could to get into the drama program. And I was denied two times, oh, wow. uh, the two times I tried. But I also tried for visual arts and I made it into visual arts, which was very surprising to me. But it sort of, I, I mean, I, I admire people who can paint. We, we did every type of art from working on the clay wheels to screen printing. We did everything in between. And I really loved fashion illustration. I love drawing people. I loved, I loved the contrast. I, I do a lot of pen and, and ink work. So I love high contrast stuff. So it's probably, I love the look of film noir, for example. Yeah. So it's probably stems from that. Yeah, but I, I've kind of been cheating on illustration for <laughs> the past 10 years. Yeah, I, I love photography. My mate and I, we do photography together. We have been for 10 years and I really love being behind the camera. As much as I love being in front of it, I have an equal passion of being behind it. Yeah. So are, are the pictures that you're taking, the photography that you're doing, are you using it for sell, to sell them? Or are you keeping it for yourself? Are, are these displayed in, in, in any kind of gallery? No, I'm not that fancy. <laughs> I I have sold some of my work though. I've done some work for museums in Toronto shooting some of their exhibits and then I I make the prints, but that's that's just more of a to keep my my finger on the pulse of culture in Toronto, but I I shoot more for myself than anything else. I I try to have meaning with what I what I do in art, I guess, like mm. I want to be sure that I'm saying something. So I'm very critical of my own work, but I really enjoy, I used to, well before quarantine, I would go out first thing in the morning with a cup of coffee and I'd shoot the sunrise. And that was more, it's almost meditative, right? More for myself and mm. sort of tuning into the present moment. This really, I am not this artsy fartsy. I can't believe I'm talking <laughs> like this. It's it's really weird. No, yeah. it's, it, no, it, no, it, it's fantastic. I, I really like when, when you hear something about the guest that isn't normally discussed. Because <laughs> I, I really find that's like, because I mean, let's face it. I mean, we're going to talk about Star Trek Discovery in a little bit, but we yeah. know, but we all know you're in the show. But to find out that you're really kind of a Renaissance woman is actually pretty cool. Ah, thank you. A Renaissance woman too. That's so cool. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, like I said, you're doing photography. You're an artist. You're, you're a, a big book reader. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, also, so can you draw a line between your love of reading, painting, photography, and acting? Is there something that's like a common thread um, between it all that kind of 
make sense like directly to like or is there just just a love itself of just art uh, i think both i mean I think all of that, all of this stuff, all the arts is using your imagination and, and sort of tuning into yourself, right? And and tuning into possibilities. I mean, if you can imagine it, it can be real, right? So mm. I think that's it there with the imagination. I, I, But art is art. I mean, I think it's so important for people and I think it's so important for society. It, it's something... I just love art because it transcends everything, right? You can speak to so many people through art and that's pretty special. It's kind of magic. Yeah. Now with your experience as a photographer and an actor, mm. is there a directing credit in your future? Yeah. Well, actually I think it was the first year I did Star Trek. I was building up the nerve to, to, give directing a shot and I it was commercial directing it was a style guide for Queen's Plate which is sort of like your Kentucky Derby down in the states it's it's our our big race uh, horse race and I'd been going to that for a couple of years and my mom used to work actually at the racetrack way long time ago and and I I grew up in the country we had horses and and so I it what's kind of funny is that the very first fan in my life that I ever met who asked to take a photo with me she was working there <laughs> and we've, we've since become friends. She's really such a great person. And I told her my idea and she said, well, I know the people you can pitch it to. And so that, that little tiny, you know, pitch turned into my first directing thing. And then the company enjoyed what I did. They asked me to come back again. Then their PR company really liked my stuff. So I ended up doing a bunch of little, little ads for them, which was, which was great. But I've, but then I was called in front of the camera again. So I'm, I'm not complaining. If I'm around cameras, I'm a happy girl. Right, 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 <laughs> so, right. so yeah, so hopefully I, 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 I feel like there's something really special in directing. And I, when I get there, when I get to do episodic TV or a film, I want to make sure that I don't screw it up. So I, I want to do a, <laughs> a bunch of other things first directing wise and work my way to, to be able to tell a story properly. Yeah. Um, do you think your experience as an, an actress, uh, um, now a director, and also as a photographer, do you think one is helping you understand the other form better? Well, I I don't know if this answers your question, but I I take opportunities where I am to learn about other aspects of it. So when I'm on set, there's actually a photo that... Michelle posted from Trek and it's myself standing with Maya and we're, we're and no doubt I was asking her questions about the camera and I was asking her questions about the setup and she's the director. Right. And so I don't know, maybe I'm a little too nervy doing that, but people will share information and, and I think they all inform each other. It's the way you're seeing things. Right. And it, it does inform me as an actor, although I, I don't think about it that much actually when I'm acting, I, I'm not, paying attention to the cameras half the time I don't know where they are mm -hmm. uh, because I'm just in doing what I'm you know what I'm doing with the character yeah but yeah I I really don't think I answered your question there I just kind of <laughs> no uh, honestly I think you I think you completely did answer the question and, <laughs> and and I think it's not nervy I think you know when you're on the set it that's a fantastic time to say you know I want to learn more about this and I think those the people who are forward like that are the ones who prove successful 
Yeah, no, I have to, I really have to say, I, I don't interrupt people. Like it's, if, if, if there's, I just have to say this because I, I don't want to encourage anyone to get in trouble on set, but I, it's, <laughs> it's always, it's when there's opportunity to do it or I'll just, I'll just stand there. I mean, with Trek, it was great because I had a lot of time in between setups because the setups are huge and like special effects and, and all of those days are really, really big days. So there's a lot of time for me to just stand there and watch every single department, what they're doing, how they're interacting with each other. It's, it's, yeah, I think it's informing me. I think it makes me stronger for going behind the camera eventually when that time comes. Yeah. Yeah. And talk about a, a show to be a student on. I mean, Star Trek, <laughs> I mean, not only the Star Trek franchise, such a massive, huge cultural um, icon, but once again, Star Trek Discovery is a phenomenal show. I mean, mm-hmm. when in watching Star Trek Discovery, I thought to myself, you know, I want to interview Rachel. You know, so obviously I sought you out for, for the interview. And it's <laughs> such a well-done show. Mm-hmm. Now, I heard that your mother is a massive Trekkie. <laughs> of the true? original series. Of the original series, original. yes. Yes. Actually, when I mentioned this in, in an interview, and I called my granddad the next day, and my mom and I had a chuckle and, you know, I said, it's kind of cool because she's, she's lives up North, right? She's so like way up North. So it was nice to sort of share that moment with her. Cause I don't get, obviously get to see her very often. And I told my granddad about it and he said, I, I, I have to quote him in this. He was like, your mother was so young at the time, <laughs> but she was such a sharp kid and a real fan, and she was very determined. Like, and <laughs> even my mom said that she was like, I don't know, seven or eight at the time when when the letter writing campaign happened, and yeah, she was really adamant about that. So, yeah, so yeah, she was a she was a super fan. Yeah. So so it. Is she critical of like the new Star Trek? She's like, that's not how blah 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 happened from the original series. Ah, I don't want to say anything either way. <laughs> I feel like you're oh, you're putting me in a tough spot there. Oh, she, sorry. <laughs> okay, no, listen. This is what I will tell you is that I, because you know when you book the show, you're not allowed to say anything until you it it actually airs, right? You, yeah. you have to be careful unless they've given a press release or something. Sure. And uh, so I wait. I was so. I wanted my mom to know so badly. I thought it would just cheer her up and it would just be great for her. And then, so she watched my, the first episode I was in, albeit very briefly, and she didn't even know it was me. And I was <laughs> like, mom, come on. I'm, I'm the first red shirt to appear on this new series and you didn't yeah. even recognize me, you know? It was, <laughs> but it was, yeah, it was still pretty cool. Yeah. So, so how, how familiar were you with the Star Trek franchise prior to receiving the role? Okay, I have to admit, I wasn't, I'm not a, I, I wasn't a, a diehard fan. I mean, sometimes people say phrases or things to me and I'm like, I, I don't know what this means. I have to look <laughs> this up. But I, I obviously was aware of it and I have a huge appreci- appreciation for it. And, and as you know, I'm a, an avid reader and I have been a lifelong Lucille Ball fan. Mm. And so I knew her hand in doing Star Trek and, and how it came to be. And so when I booked Star Trek, it was like, oh my God, I, <laughs> I get to, you know, inadvertently, I get to work with this woman who I've admired since I was a kid and this connection with my mom. Like it was just, it was really, I think that's really what endears me the most to, to being able to work on the show. 
and the people, of course, but yeah. Yeah, I must admit, Star Trek Discovery actually brought me back into the world of Star Trek. <laughs> I, 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 was, I was a fan around Deep Space Nine, and I was a fan of the original series right. for the most part, but I had basically kind of ignored Star Trek for years. And then Star Trek Discovery came on, I was like, well, that looks pretty cool. And it, <laughs> and it sucked me right back into the franchise again. And yeah, so I'll thank you and everyone involved in Discovery, it, like I said, for getting, I think, the wayward fans back into the franchise again. Oh, I'd love to take all that credit. I, I think I can take like a like a little tiny itty bitty iota of that, but thank you. That's great to hear. Yeah. So, oh, you're very welcome. So on Discovery, <laughs> you play a, I'm going to pronounce this probably wrong, a Barzan? Yeah, that's right. All right. Which is an alien species and it's only been previously viewed in Star Trek The Next Generation. So when you got the role and you're basically the second Barzan that we've ever seen in the franchise mm-hmm. going back to The Next Generation. So when you got the part, and obviously the, that alien race isn't really well known. Were you given like background information what the species is all about? Were you able to kind of create the species and the culture kind of on your own? How did that work out? Uh, okay, well, truth be told, Nan was supposed to be around for like two or three episodes. So it was, it was pretty awesome that they kept me around for as long as they did. I So I don't know that I mean, they've got a lot of alien species going on on that show, right? So I, I sort of, I was sitting and testing. I went in for a life cast, which is the most unusual experience. And then I didn't know what I was. I knew what the role was, but I didn't know what kind of alien I was going to be. And then I was sitting in the makeup chair for the first round of testing right before the screen, the screen testing. And I was asking the prosthetics guys, like, okay, so what am I? And they're like, I don't know. I think you're a Barzan. And I was like, oh, Barzan, what's a Barzan? And, you know, Googling. And I remember coming out of that trailer and the first person I saw was Anthony Rapp. And he looks at me and he goes, oh, well, what are you? Like, what kind of alien are you? And I was like, a Barzan? Like, I, do you know what that is? And he's like, hmm, a Barzan, you know? Like, I mean, there's so many amazing amazing types of characters on this show so it's a lot to kind of take in so once I found out okay Barzan okay and then I saw Bhavani and I was like okay I'll watch her episode and just see if I can take anything from that and sort of an idea and then I I don't know I you know my my theory I guess it's the theory is no news is good news so I just <laughs> kept doing what I was doing and I thought okay it's working so yeah well I mean it's definitely worked and I can I can totally see by your performance why you went from maybe only doing a few episodes to becoming a, a, a more significant player because <laughs> you. your character was I mean you, you performed it. I mean it's a very well handled character I mean smart there's definitely confidence there and honestly, I'll be, I, I, I do think that Commander Nan should have stayed the first officer and stayed on Discovery, but that's just me. I'm not going to get into uh. anything. <laughs> but, but I also, the, the, your character also, I mean, the inter, not the introduction directly, but the first, in my opinion, major episode that Commander Nan had was episode, I'm probably going to, Daedalus. Mm. And mm-hmm. in, in the episode, is, it's a very heavy drama, dramatic episode. And your character is actually responsible for killing, I'm going to pronounce the name wrong, Arium, mm-hmm. and who was also a very well-liked character from the previous season. Mm-hmm. So how difficult of a day on set was that, that not only are you having this very heavy, dramatic role, but you're also kind of killing off a, light, a well-liked character. And it's kind of like, oops, you know, like, you know, like yeah. people are going to be like, God damn, Commander yeah. Nan, you know? <laughs> totally. I, I get that. I think, I think, 
that episode was probably way harder for Sonequa and Hannah than it was for me. And I think meeting that as the actor and the character and meeting mentally, um, physically, emotionally, you know, Non is like the interloper, right? She's yeah. She hasn't really made, at that point in 209, she hadn't really made she wasn't really tight with the bridge crew. Like they're most of the time they're sort of like, Oh, you're here. Like, why are you here again? You know, yeah. but she's there to do a job. And I, and I think it was really smart actually that it was non that did it because she's the only one really that could have done it. Cause there wasn't that emotional. I, I, I have always thought of non as very, I don't know if this is the right word utilitarian in the sense that she's there for a purpose and she's very obedient, right? She just, she just does everything she's told. So yeah. I, I, that's a very emotional situation, but the emotion was between Burnham and Arium for sure. And Nan was there to do the job because no one else could have. Yeah. So because even though the character was kind of an interloper, when you approach, when you get, became, came on the set, does, are you immediately embraced by the, the cast members? I mean, is it, a, are they, is it a tight group? And they're immediately like, oh yeah, welcome Rachel. You know, good to meet you. Welcome to the group. Or is there a sense of, you know, you're the new person, you know, the kind of feeling you out kind of thing? I think when you have that feeling of, oh, it's a new person, that's, I think that, that's like, that's my, my sort of perspective. You know what I mean? I come into a show. I mean, this has happened. I don't think I've ever actually started with a show <laughs> and been with the show in the first season. I, I usually, as an actor, always come in later seasons. So I mean, there, there's, you always feel like the new kid, it's new kid at school. You know, you're going to a new set with a bunch of new people, but it gets easier. I mean, now I, I, at this point, I know several crew members, I know several actors. So it was great. And the people that I met there were lovely. Sonequa, I can remember the first time I saw her, I was coming out of the makeup trailer after testing. Again, this is it's a long process for non, so this is a lot of tests. And and Sonequa smiled and gave me a big wave, and she's hi. And I remember turning around to Shauna, who's the makeup artist, and I was like, "Is she she's talking to me or you?" Like I didn't, I didn't know, <laughs> you know, because sometimes with I mean, to be honest with you, with number ones, you don't always know. You you kind of you're trying to feel out where you fit in, and oh, she's she's terrific. The cast is great. Yeah, that, that's cool, and I, I think it's really amazing. And it probably and it probably is a tribute to your quality as an actress that you went from being on only a few episodes to having a very important and impactful goodbye. So on the episode, which was in the episode "Die Trying," and once again, it's a very moving, emotional episode where Nan is is who's is longing to be around finally more people of her species uh, and finally gets to meet uh, a small crew of survivors of, of you know, her species. Yeah. And, and you can feel in the way you performed it, all that back history that maybe the viewers weren't even um, aware of. You just could feel it immediately in that moment. You know, without even telling us the backstory, we had a full understanding of what the character Nan was going through. <laughs> so in performing that as, as an, as the actress, are there any memories or ideas or anything that you draw upon to try to, to get that moment as genuine as you did? 
That's really, first of all, it's really kind of you to say, I appreciate that very much. Thank you. I think, well, when we were shooting that episode, I, first of all, was so grateful for that episode. That episode in itself, the writing, Sean Cochran, bless him. The, the, it just, it moved me. I mean, I was crying when I read it. I was going through some stuff in my life. I was making some pretty big choices in my own personal life. And I think feeling the way I was in my own life and then watching and being around like the Barzan family, they were such a great group of actors. They were, Jake was awesome. He was, he was so good. And just to watch them all together, it was really, and remembering how emotional I felt when I read the first, the episode the first time, it was maybe a culmination of things. I, <laughs> Again, I always want to sound so smart and arty, but I, I really, like, I, I don't even know half the time. Like, I just, I think I get really absorbed into the environments that I'm in and the people I'm around. And I think that's them. I mean, just, it's the same thing when I was with Hannah and Sonequa for Hannah's exit, Ariam's exit. It's, you know, when you're around these great actors and you can just absorb and react to what they're doing, it's it's pretty special. It's magic. <laughs> yeah. As an actress, because Star Trek Discovery has so much like CGI, though it also has practical effects, does yeah. that change as well your ability to react to something when you can't really see it? No, I, I don't know. I think you, you kind of get used to not, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've been, on, it's, we've been shooting my coverage on, on several different things and I've been looking at like a red tape X on the wall. I mean, you, 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 you kind of have to, I, I think you, you, you have to be so immersed, I guess, maybe in your own imagination with CGI, but with the, like the Trek, that bridge, that ship, that everything, there's so much there for you. I remember the first day on set on the bridge and going over to Emily Coots, her station and being like, oh, Detmer, what are all these buttons? What are you doing here, right? And she was like, and she was like doing this little demo. She's like, well, look, you know, like, and it was, it, they, they give you so much on that set. It's, it's so special that you, how can you not become even more immersed in it? You know, yeah. did that answer your question? Oh, it, it, it certainly did. It's, it definitely <laughs> did. So, so, but this is the big question, okay? This is the really okay. big one. It might be when, anticlimactic. No, I don't think so. When are we seeing Commander Non again? Because the character wasn't killed off. You're still hanging around. So when do we see Commander Non again? Isn't that always a thing with sci-fi? Like I remember Tim Roson from Winona Earp saying to me, because I was dying the first season. <laughs> and he goes, Rachel, don't worry. In sci-fi, you never, you never really die. You never really go away. <laughs> and it was true. I came back the, the following season as an evil twin. So I think in sci-fi, you never know. I'm so grateful that that was the episode that you guys are thinking of me on. And I guess I can only say time will tell. Oh, and, and, and Tim Rosen is such a cool guy. We actually, I actually had oh. him on the show, I think it was th- two months ago. He is fantastic. Isn't he a great guy? He's just such a genuine guy. He's really, he's one of those people you go to set and he makes you feel like, like you're one of, you're one of the team. Like he's just, he's an all around genuine, really cool person and an amazing actor. Yeah. And, and apparently a massive comic book geek. So we talked about comic books for a little while. I remember it was very <laughs> kind of funny. So, all right, so hopefully you do come back. Cause I, I do think the fans would love to see more commander non and, and, you know, and, you know, and 
get her back to the end the enterprise and when that show keeps going right yeah <laughs> she's gonna uh, have to go back in time what 932 years was it how many years it happened once it can happen yeah. again <laughs> um, yes so at what so star trek one of the cool thing about star trek is that the fan base is so huge and so loyal at, at what point did you did it become tangible for you the 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 fact that you kind of entered this massive family of fans and trekkers or trekkers whatever they want to call themselves and like when did that first hit that realization hit you that you're now part of this massive family now probably not until this last episode my last episode aired like i i i i'm gonna be honest with you i it never dawned on me that people would love none as much as they do it that that was really surprising to me (laughs) i mean i i have i i i've met fandoms uh, or I've heard of fandoms. I've interacted with fandoms before and it's been interesting both as a character that's been hated and then now as a character that's been, that's been loved. And I, I honestly cannot believe how kind these fans are and they're so protective and they're so creative and they're so witty. I mean, there's, there's one guy who sent me a note on Twitter, I think. And he said, if you have a chance, you got to go over to this thread it was like, I don't know, I'm not good with this stuff. I think Reddit or Reddit, I think. Yeah. Uh, a thread of of like puns, I guess, using the name non. And I was, I want those in a book. Like this so, <laughs> they're so funny. Like, yeah. oh, this is nonsense. And they just, they'll keep going and going. I couldn't believe how many puns they had. So <laughs> I, and then people sending me pictures of like their, the the costumes that they're making. and the, And someone sent me, breathers like they made nons breathers and I, I just can't believe how talented these people are and and the fan art like I, I just I could gush over these people all day they're they're really really special yeah I'm so grateful so if Brian Fuller and Alex Cartman's listening bring commander non back god damn it <laughs> <laughs> so so but right now though you're also on another show you're on you play Kate Faulkner on the television show the nurses how did yeah. you become involved on this show? And obviously this was the second or third season of the show. So I did the second season. The, f- the first season actually is coming to you guys December 7th on NBC, which is so exciting. They're another incredibly amazing cast. I, I am so in love with the cast of nurses. <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. <laughs> they are so charming and lovely. Like they, I, you know, I have been so fortunate to work with such amazing people in my career, but these guys were like open arm, welcome, like they were amazing. So I really hope you guys enjoy Nurses the first season. So I'll be in the second season and we just finished shooting that in October, of course, with quarantine shutdowns and all that delayed filming, but but it was great to get back and and shoot that with them. I had worked with some of the producers before on other shows so they, you know, they're familiar. And I kind of went in last minute and I love this character. I mean, I don't, I, I don't know if other actors feel this way, but for me, sometimes when I get auditions, sometimes I jive with the character right away. And other times I really have to work, really, really have to work at it. And Kate was one of those characters. I just, I, I think it was something like 10 pages of dialogue I needed to know in like 10 hours, <laughs> uh, and including sleeping. So, but it, it just came to me really quickly. And I thought, I love this character. And so when I booked it, I thought this is great. And 
she's kind of funny. And what I love about that show too, is that there's really witty moments. And if I can make someone smile or laugh, then I'm a really, I'm a very satisfied performer because I think laughter is medicine. So I hope people (laughs) enjoy Kate as much as I did when she comes out. Yeah. (laughs) So so Kate Faulkner, she's a character that went from being a nurse to getting her MBA, which I guess someone who's not, that's like a being a doctor sort of that. She's like a nurse manager, but not quite a nurse man. She's like fix it lady. She comes in and she fixes hospitals that aren't running as well as they should be. Yeah. So I assume that the role of Kate Faulkner too, I imagine has a tons of technical jargon, which is sort of like Star Trek. <laughs> so are, are you purposely going, I want to do extremely difficult dialogue. I want to go for a technical show. Or are you just naturally good at doing technical jargon? I mean, how, how do you keep finding roles that are <laughs> using very complicated uh, uh, phrasing? Yeah, no, I, no, I absolutely do not purposely seek out technical jargon. I think if I had to do an operating room scene, it would be the end of my career. It, I don't... <laughs> I don't know how medical shows do it, specifically medical and sci-fi shows. I don't know how they do it. I, <laughs> I, I, I think I've been lucky though to not get too much. And I, I, the, the stuff that I do get, I, I just pray. <laughs> Please, God, let me make it through this scene. Yeah. yeah I've been pretty lucky though. That's awesome. And, and you said the, the, your, the audience, our, our listeners, can find the show in the States December 7th on NBC. Yeah, that's right. So the first season will be, yeah. So that's, yeah. that's, that's the main station NBC or is that like the, a streaming NBC kind of? No, I think it's NBC. Like I, oh, that's a good question. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's not, st- maybe both. Okay. Ah, you have to get back to me and tell me. <laughs> no, 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 I'll have, to, I'll, have to, I'll have to look into it. But that's, that's cool because like I said, I, I think as, as, as an American, you always just assume everything starts in the United States. Like, yeah. Oh, there's a Canadian, you know, so it's, it's true it's Canadian. So we actually get it a season, we're a season behind. But okay, so cool. So December 7th on NBC is The Nurses. Yeah, is Nurses. And then uh, season two, hopefully you guys will get that. Well, it'll be next year, right? So I'll see you next year. And, and then you'll get come back home when you're back at Commander Nod in, in season four of Discovery. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see well, what happens. I, I hope so. Thank you so much, Rachel, for coming on the show. I greatly appreciate it. <sighs> Thank you for having me. You're, fan, you're definitely fantastic. <laughs> As are you. Thanks so much. Back. Well, I hope you guys really enjoyed that. I know I did. Uh, I haven't seen Nurses on NBC, so now I want to go and find that streaming on the Peacock and check it out. And Rachel was super nice and just seemed like a really cool person to talk with. So I'm kind of jealous that Jeff got to sit down with her. If you enjoyed that, which I hope you did, and I hope you uh, stuck around for the whole thing, because if you're hearing me now, you definitely did. And if you want to hear more, interviews and more things of like this, then go over to spoilerverse.com. There is a ton of things for you to enjoy. I promise you. And none of it right now is behind a paywall. So it's all free. There's conversation with directors and actors and writers and artists. And man, we run the gambit and it's a lot, a lot of fun. We're really, really lucky to be doing what we're doing. And, you know, on top of that, 
thespoilerverse.com has a ton of other podcasts to enjoy, uh, original articles, news in the geek world, and really just a fun place to hang out and check out everything we got going on. While you're there, do us a favor. Click on the store link. Maybe buy a t-shirt if you really if you really like enjoy what you're hearing and what you're seeing and what you're and what we're doing. You know, give us a subscribe. Click on the store link. Purchase a hoodie or you know, t-shirt, maybe a flag, whatever you want. And that helps us support get the lights on. That's it. Just keeps the lights on. Alright, guys, I'm out of here. I'm gonna go and uh well, I'm going to go enjoy the holidays, do some Christmas stuff. So I'll talk to you guys later. But don't forget, in Oceans of Podcasts, we are Cthulhu. And as Cthulhu compels you to do, open the mind and read more. <laughs>